Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast, because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host, as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to everyone who supports anything we got going on. Special shout out to all of the students from By the Hood University, as well as the youth from the By the Hood Ownership Camp. We appreciate all of the support. Um, my partner in Crown Core is back. What's up, Core? How are you, good brother? Man, listen, living La Vida Loca, man. Life has been uh, kicking me in the butt, but... You know, I ain't never going to complain about being alive. Never, never complain about that. Listen, this is absolutely true, man. And as everyone knows, our podcast is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are putting out positive energy, doing amazing work, doing things in the community. And, you know, um, we want to make sure that we highlight them and get them to tell their stories. The sister that we have with us here is doing all kinds of stuff. And I want to talk about a lot of the things that she has going on and a lot of things she's already accomplished. Um, She just spoke on a panel with us recently and we were so impressed with her story. We said, listen, we have to have you on the podcast because your story is amazing. Um, I'm going to let her tell it. I'm not going to tell a story, but without further ado, we have Rachel Hannibal on. Rachel, how are you? I am unstoppable. How are you? Oh, I love that answer. Oh, right. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen, um, <laughs> that was your, amazing. Your story is amazing, right? You you you've paid off over ninety two thousand dollars in debt. You you saved a year's worth of income. You're an award winning author, certified financial educator. You got all kinds of stuff going on, right? But let's start from the beginning. Where are you originally from? Where were you born and raised? And what kind of student were you coming up? I was born and raised in North Philadelphia. Um, and those who know about Philly, I kind of don't have to describe it. <laughs> um, which, part of North, which part of North Philadelphia, though? Like, so Strawberry Mansion section. Got you. Say less. Yeah. So uh, I grew up in North Philadelphia. Uh, and what kind of student was I? Ooh, I was the one who was um, teased for being intelligent. And then I was like, okay, well, I got to stop being smart. I got to stop showing people that I'm smart. And now I just got to be a class clown. And so I kind of turned into the entertainment of, of, of the school uh, as I got older. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's where I started. Started you being one. I, for elementary school, I went to Blaine Elementary. And then I graduated from Strawberry Mansion High School. Okay, nice. That's what's up. All right, so you said you kind of turned into the class clown. So what happened after high school? What, 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 was, your, what, what was your path? After high school, um, I went to community college. Uh, I went to community college and I graduated from there and then went to Pierce College. Uh, and I studied business law in, in Pierce College. Okay, so um, what was it about business law? Was it like, did you have the plans on eventually becoming an attorney? Did you, what were your plans when you decided to take up business law? So I remember uh, my teacher in third grade uh, had a big old camcorder on his shoulder and he kind of went around asking everyone what they wanted to be when they grow up, but he was recording us all. And years later, he reminded me that I said on that recording, uh, I wanted to be either an accountant or a lawyer. 
And I was like, hey, guess what? I went to school for business law <laughs> and I'm currently an accountant. <laughs> he was like, oh my goodness, really? He said, you know, he still has the tape. So I, I, was, I was pretty good at numbers. I was good at math and I was good at arguing people down. So I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> all right nice so you know part of your story is your ability um to kind of like um like you said you're good with numbers um but you've paid off like over ninety two thousand dollars in debt so the first question i have about that is how'd you run up ninety two thousand dollars in debt was it just student loans or like was it other stuff or what was going on um so yeah it was student loans and and um at the time i had a brand new car like in its current year everything like it had a brand new car, nice car loan, and it had some credit card debt. So all of that made up that $92,000 of, of debt that I paid off. So it was a little sprinkle, a little bit of everything. Yeah. So how did you come, like, what, what was it that made you change one day and say, okay, now I'm just going to get rid of all this? Like, what was the shift that took you from, you know, so it sounds like you, you know, you went to college, you got a job, you were, you know, you had some debt. Um, what made you focus and decide to make that what you were eliminating? I wasn't comfortable and I feel like we go to work to be comfortable and I uh I said was something what what's happening here and I remember getting a letter in the mail about my student loan payment and for whatever reason I had time that day and I uh, I calculated how much interest they were adding to my loan uh by the month and then by the day and I was like this is insane and I, I did that for my car loan too and then I that for my credit card debt and I'm like I this is not good like they're it's bad enough I already have to pay them what I don't want to pay them but now you're going to make me pay you more that's insane and I'm like well if it's if they're adding more by the day then if I cut down the days then I'll I'll pay less at the end and that was you know before I had the whole terminology of compound interest and how that works I just was like you know, one plus one is two. If I cut down days, I'll save money. You know, it was just kind of like where my where my journey started when I was younger. So with that journey, though, what kind of sacrifice did you have to make? Because a lot of times people hear that and they say, oh, I got to live in my car. I got to eat tuna fish out of cans. Like, you know, that, that that's what people think when they hear that, you know, someone has paid off their debt in a short, like, a short amount of time. So what kind of sacrifices did you have to make? Or what was that? Um, what was that time like? So often when I speak about my journey, I don't use the word sacrifice um, because I feel like um, anyone who didn't want to be my friend because I didn't want to go out every Friday night probably shouldn't be my friend anyway. Right. And then anyone who didn't understand that I'm not going to go broke for you for Christmas um, probably shouldn't be on my Christmas list. And so um, I will say there was a plan that I put in place. There were certain things that I did. Um, as far as my uh, freedom plan. Um, and part of that was, okay, I'm going to pack my lunch for work every day. I am not going to eat out uh, at work. I'm going to pack my lunch every day. And I saw that that really started to add up. And um, I'm like, you know, I'm going to put that money, I'm going to save it, or I'm going to put it to debt. And I did like an even split. And you know, I, all those times I thought I would die without those shoes in the mall. I'm like, I'm still alive. And now here I am with more shoes than I need still, you know, 10 years later. So um, I don't like to use the word sacrifice. Um, I just feel like uh, I, I didn't I didn't need it anyway. I had my needs. I had my needs. And, and so those things that were once when I was, uh, you know, 21, 22, 23, like I don't even consider them um, at this point in my life. 
So when you when people find out that you paid off ninety two thousand dollars in debt over a short period of time, right? What is the, what is the like some of the questions that they give you? Like, well, that number one question you just asked me, like, what did you have to sacrifice? Everybody asked me that. Um, like, why? Um, even when I was in the process, a lot of people were like, "Girl, just enjoy your twenties." Like, everybody has debt. Like, you're never not gonna owe somebody. Everybody dies student loan debt. Like, it's just the norm. Like. Um, people were just like, this is the dumbest thing I ever heard. Why would you want to pay off your debt? Like, why would you want to? Wow. Everybody's enjoying their twenties. And so that was kind of like things I even had to deal with then, like while I'm going through like the discouragement from like my community, like it was really, really bad. Um, people I had my admire and looked up to was like, this is insane that you're doing this. Um, right. You said even your own community looked at that, like, looked at you like you were crazy. So what did, I guess, going through that journey, what did that teach you about your community? I, we, I think that we just have been so conditioned to believe in that things have to be a certain way. It's just the cards are already laid out for us. We are already set to struggle. Uh, that is the way the system is designed and this is what it is. And um, there is an outline of that, that we all should follow. And we kind of get a little bit envious of those people who decide to create their own path and not follow the outline. Like, who are you? Who are you to think that you can, you're bold and big enough to do something different than the rest of us? You know, like, who are you to think that you should follow your dreams? Who are you to think that freedom is for you? We never, we never thought that that was a possibility, right? So where you come from saying, and I, I think what happens is it starts to challenge that particular person's level of comfort and insecurity and, and boldness, right? Because you can think that you are strong until you stand next to someone who is, right? Or you can think mm -hmm. that you are powerful until you step in a room and powerful people, you're like, okay, well, this is a little different level of a, yeah. <laughs> right? So I think that that's really where it comes from. Interesting. So then you actually went and saved a year's worth of income, right? Yeah. So was it still following the same plan or was it something like, so what made that a goal of yours? So at first it was just like, I need an emergency fund, like emergencies, emergencies are going to happen. Like I just need some type of money saved. And then at the time it was like, you know, you got to have three to six months and of expenses. And I'm like, okay, all right. I will hear that. I was reading that. I'm like, okay, well, that, that'll be my goal. And then it became how much more can I do? Now I'm like challenging myself. Now I'm like doing this internal accountability type thing where I'm like, how much more? Like I did three months and I was like, okay, all right. And I did the six months and I was like, okay, all right. I can, and I started to, uh, that poverty PTSD started to kick in to the point where it was like, I was hoarding cash. I was like hoarding it. Like I, I use it as like a badge of honor now. Like, oh, I saved a year's, year's worth of my income in cash. When you think about it, you really probably shouldn't do that. You really so shouldn't. Talk, talk about that. Talk about that poverty PTSD. Like so. 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 You know, that's an interesting um, phrase. Talk about you know, that. I uh, a pivotal point in my journey was I'm leaving high school graduation day. I'm getting ready for the big reveal with my cream dress on. I'm getting ready to come outside, and everyone's outside with the cameras up and waiting. And uh, the the water department is cutting our water off. Mm. And I was like, this is not, <laughs> this, is, this ain't life, baby. Like, I was like, in, in my mind, even as a kid, I'm thinking, 
someone is taking something that's very essential from me because I don't have the money to pay for it. And I'm like, never again will I allow myself or my family to be put in a position where someone can take a need, like something that is absolutely positively essential uh, to survive from me um, or from us because we don't have the money to pay for it. And so now it's like, I'm, I'm scared of being broke again. I'm scared of being poor again. And uh, I'm like, as long as I can see the money, it's like the security there. Like I can log in and I can see these numbers after my name. And I know for sure that no one can come and do that, that to me again, or anyone I love um, again. And so that's where it was like, it was scared. It, I was scared about investing or putting money in certain places or doing certain things. Or even once I did, you know, I wasn't poor anymore, you know, being afraid to spend money on certain things, being afraid to take trips. Like, I just like, oh my God, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I don't, I don't have enough. And so I struggled with that for a very long period of time of like, um, dang, you still battle this day? So I don't think I battle it that way. No, because I'm not hoarding cash as much as I used to. But I think the turning point for me was um, I didn't realize I wasn't poor anymore. Um, that poverty, that mindset is so ingrained sometimes in us that we didn't. And I remember a catalog coming to my house. And my girlfriend was here and I was like flipping through and I was like, oh, maybe I'll get those sneakers one day. And I kept flipping the page and she was like, did you just say you maybe could get those sneakers one day? I'm like, yeah. And it was like Converse. It was ridiculous. And they had all colors. She was like, you can get every shoe on that, like every color that they have in that store. Like, what is wrong with you? But what happened with me is I had gotten so used to window shopping and not having the money that my language, like my mind did not comprehend that I wasn't poor anymore. And that day with her was like, it was like an eye opening that I realized like, you're right, I can buy. I didn't even look at the price. Like when she made me flip back, I'm like, you're right. I can buy all of these on this whole page with no problem. And uh, no, yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting topic. I think um, people need to actually create content and talk more about that. Cause um, you know, thank you for being transparent about that. But I think that's interesting because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people struggle with that. You that, that terminology was everything, poverty, PTSD. Oh, it's real. There's a certain level of trauma that comes with being poor mm -hmm. and everyone around you is poor. There's Man, just a certain level. It's just, yeah. I talk yeah. about that a lot. Trauma loops, right? Because what you see and then it, it don't even take a lot, right? It, it only takes one event that reminds you of that and it'll take you right back to where you were, right? No matter how much money you got or if, if something big happens that reminds you of something that happened when you were at that level it'll take you right back to that level and you got to really fight against that to not go right back to where you were. And that's interesting because I wonder if that's something that you can actually pass down to the next generation, right? Absolutely, 1,000%. Yeah, like, so. that's why I was getting those responses from people that I know and love and admire. They like, getting out of debt, like, <laughs> what, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's so the same thing. No, that's an interesting topic. Um, you know, poverty, PTSD, I like that. That's an interesting topic though. Um, but now along your journey, right? So now you, you're figuring things out. You saved the year's worth of income. Um, like you said, now looking at it, you're like, maybe I, I, I went too far. I went OD. Um, how did you get into investing? Because you're a real estate investor now. Um, we're going to talk about the work you do in the, in the community. But how did you uh, make that shift to say, okay, now I have to start putting this money to work for me? 
Yeah, I uh my my company was I was I was refusing to put money in the 401k and then, and they like kept printing out these little vouchers for me at the end of the year and they were just letting them pile up and I was like okay and, and, and uh one of the guys sat me down he was like at least puts you know minimum in there they're going to match you you're giving away free money like you're literally throwing away free money and I'm like okay this is where my investing journey started I'm going to start putting this money into this 401k like you said I'm going to trust you um and I'm going to watch I'm going to see what happens with this free money that I'm giving away and then it started to work I'm like okay well this whole investment <laughs> I'm like this whole and then I started to expand to read more about like how investing works and what does this even mean because at first I was just putting it in like the general fund that they give everybody right and and I didn't know what was going on um and I started to do a little bit more digging and really teach myself about like investing why it's important and different ways that you can do it it won't be as risky because I'm still kind of like struggling with that oh don't take my money from me uh type of thing so yeah that's that's where the journey started as far as investing and then I began to kind of build on that and as you said now I invest in real estate and and a few other things as well okay so you made the complete shit to to an investor right from a saver to an investor I'm I'm still a little bit I'm a little bit both (laughs) yeah a little bit of both yeah you gotta 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 have that emergency fund all right so what made you get into the um, um, working with the youth and writing books for the youth? Like, how, how did that part happen? I started my company, Missing Peace, P-A-C-E, Financial Group, where for seven years now, I have been a uh, financial coach for adults. And I started to realize that a lot of my sessions turned into like therapy sessions. They would call it like, oh, I'm going to sit on your financial couch. And I started doing some research and found out that our financial habits, our relationship with money is formed by the age of seven. By the time we're going to get to our double digits, we have this relationship with money, whether it's really good or, you know, terrible. Um, And I was like, okay, well, what can we do about this? Because now I'm sitting across from 52 year olds who are like struggling because of what happened when they were eight or, you know, around money. And they they had this terrible, you know, these habits that come from it. And so um, I did some research, just digging and going from bookstore to bookstore. And I was looking for books that was already written to teach kids about these things. Um, and I was going to just use it as a, a resource to, for my clients, like, Hey, by the way, if you got kids that, you know, I heard about this book, it's really good. And after the four bookstore going into, and they didn't have anything, I sat in the parking lot of Barnes and Noble and I started to scribble on a envelope in my car Amber's magical savings box. And I had no intention on originally writing a book, but it was just kind of like I was upset. Like, why isn't there a thing already out here to teach these kids about this? And so that was February. By March, it was released on Amazon. And by April, it was on the bestsellers list of Amazon. And so that began to open the door for me to be able to, you know, to talk to kids and go into different schools and things like that. So that's really where. Uh, I stumbled upon because it wasn't a goal. (laughs) I stumbled upon this gift of being able to teach kids about money in a fun, loving way. Okay, that's amazing. So we got to get you to come to our camp. We do a camp every year for the youth and um, ages five and up. So now that we know that, you know, put it out there on the record. (laughs) You you book, you book them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've heard about your camp too. And my my classes start for ages three. And it's funny because when I heard about your camp, I'm like, people always say three is too young to teach kids about money. And then you have five-year-olds in there. So, yeah. 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 
Okay, nice, nice. So um, those are the things that you're currently working on. What does the future look like for you? What are some of the things that you want to work on in the future? And well, uh, so far, my curriculum for kids and my finance classes have been in over 75 schools and organizations and, and even universities. Um, and I did that all by myself, like one man show. So uh, although I didn't know that was a possibility, now I'm reaching for that 100 mark. Uh, I actually signed two new contracts this morning. So uh, that is my next goal, reaching that 100 mark uh, to be able to teach as many kids as possible. Um, and beyond that, of course, continue to serve in my community in this way, um, but just bigger, better ways. Oh, listen. Y'all stay tuned. Listen, <laughs> stay you're, tuned. You're, you're doing it. You're doing it. So, uh, so you, you've actually talked about, um, you know, the PTSD that comes with growing up poor. Is that the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome? Or what would you say is the biggest hurdle? Would it be that or is it something else? I think for all of us, it's self-worth. Okay. Because totally. you can have, you can make all the money you want. And we've seen this uh, replay in history over and over again of people who at one point in time had a whole lot of money, right? And they had this incredible gift or whatever it is, and they've lost it all. They uh, they found a way to sabotage it all. And all that works comes down to your worth, right? Because we've also seen the underdog uh, come up and it's because they believe that they deserved more. They believe that they were worth more and they just did not stop until they got it. And so um, I think for me and for a lot of people that I have uh, had the privilege to serve in these seven years, it's really just changing the mindset of and changing your heart and changing your spirit about how much you feel like, you know, freedom is for you. You know, you are worthy of abundance. Um, you are worthy of the peace um, that comes with having certain things in, in order. And, and because I don't think that personal finance is a math problem, I think we all know how to add, subtract, multiply, right? It's really heart, mind, spirit um, that will help you to get to where you want to be once you, you know, change those lenses that you are, are using. So self-worth is going to be the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Man, Number that's one. amazing. All right, so I had another question. I know, Corey, you had a question too. Let me ask you this though. So now you've made this transformation, right? You're out here helping the community, you're doing things. Um, how is it when, and this is a question, I'm probably asking this for myself, but I know someone else is asking, um, your family, your family and friends, right? Who may not have went along that journey with you. What is that like? Has it changed your relationship uh, with your family and friends because you're on this other path and you, you know, and I'm pretty sure I know that you try to help them, but- and I, and you know, I know where you're from. We're from the same community, so I get it. So, how is that? Yeah, it's really funny because, uh, yeah, no, they're the total opposite of me, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> um, and and it's like, oh, we're not going to invite Rachel to this or that because we don't want her to like preach about like how we're spending our money, and we don't want. <laughs> so it's like I don't get invited to things. Um, by the way, I do not tell people what not to buy because who am I? I got a hundred pairs of shoes. Who am I to tell you what not to buy? But um, <laughs> I'm not the judge. I'm just the the help. I'm not the judge. So yeah, that I'm like, why well, didn't get invited to such and such? You know, so that mm-hmm. happens. But yeah, all of my family and friends are the total opposite of me. I mean, they are not. And I say things over and over again, and they like. What is a Roth IRA? I'm like, are y'all kidding me right now? I've been talking about Roth IRAs for, <laughs> for 10 years. <laughs> okay, so 
All right. And then maybe that was a personal question because, you know, <laughs> so I'm not alone. Then you feel me then. All right. Got you. So, uh, Corey, what is your question, bro? You need to just go. No, I was I was going to say that, um, you know, we're, we're coming from a similar lens, maybe a little bit different lens, because I believe that uh, social problems are actually financial problems with social ramifications. And um, it. It, it when I when I hear your your uh the way that you come at it, I think you know I like your approach to it though. You know what I mean? Even though I I, I feel on the opposite side, I understand your approach and I understand why you take that approach to get rebuilt. So I really I really like your approach toward getting people into you know into the space and, and into the right headspace to to make those financial gains. And so I wanted to commend you on your approach. Um, because you know, I don't, I don't have it in me. I ain't even gonna lie. Like, <laughs> like, yo, like if you don't want to get it together, then suffer. You know what I mean? Like, look, you, you gotta, you gotta put the time in. It's like everything else, anything you want to be good at, you gotta put time into it. And, and that includes getting your personal finances together. I know so, but it's difficult though, right? When you come from certain environments, like, you know, and I was just telling my wife this, I said, you know, Sometimes I feel like I care about our people more than they care about themselves, right? And, and that's 100% fact. So, so it's a struggle, right? But, you know, but that's why I asked that question. Now I know someone else can relate to what I'm saying. Often the people you are willing to die for are the ones that are killing you. Ooh. I posted it on my Facebook not too long ago. Don't let the people, don't, don't let the people you're willing to die for kill you. So uh, it's like we're fighting this battle and it's like the people we're fighting for are the same people we're fighting with. And ain't nobody got time for that. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like, I just let people know, like, I'm here if you need help, but I, it's nothing I can do for you if you don't need, if you don't want help. Like I, I can have all the information, but if there's literally nothing that I can do for you if you're not open and willing and ready to receive it. And so I let everyone know that that is always going to be my approach. There are sometimes I open up a class and say, is everybody open and willing willing and ready to receive what I'm about to say? Because other than that, like, I don't care how much you pay me to be here. This is a waste of my time. And so, uh, yeah, you got to be mindful of that. Mm. Oh, man, that's that's a bar right there. Yeah, right, so I got I got one more question from you. Right. So you are an author. So I like asking authors this as well. What's a book that's inspired you or a couple of books that, you know, you would consider your favorite book or something that's inspired you along your journey? Uh, I love, I, I, I we're all, you know, you mentioned um, earlier the, um, oh my God, we talked about this earlier. I mean, there's so many books, right? But, I know. So yeah. I like the psychology of money, which kind of like digs into what we were just talking about. Yeah. I like the psychology of money. Um I like, let me see another one I got here. Uh, oh, we should all be millionaires. Uh, Rachel Rogers. Yes. That came out recently, like, well, within the last That's like, recent. Year, right? I really, yes. I think it came out during the pandemic. I okay, really, yeah. really love that book. I'm yeah, yeah. That yeah, I really love that book. Um, actually, a lot of the money books, um, well, quote unquote, books that have changed my viewpoint on money really have nothing to do with money. It's just more so like what I was saying about like, changing your heart changing your so what's mind. an example like, of that what's an example of something that's not necessarily a money book but it helped you in your journey um so i will say and this is still this is new too tabitha brown's book uh, called feeding the soul feeding the soul yes she's really like opening it up about like gratitude and affirmation and all of that is just like the groundwork of what we were saying earlier like worthiness right 
and being kind. Like, I think a lot of people quote the scripture of like, uh, your gift make room for you, but like, you think your gift is your talent, but like your gift is your kindness. Your gift is like how you treat people. Your gift is, you know what I mean? Like those mm-hmm. things, that's what's going to get you in that room. That's what's going to get you those relationships. And so, um, although the book has nothing to do with necessarily money, um, it has helped me to be able to use those principles and things to help other people to be able to on their, on their roads to financial freedom, whatever that may look like for them. I'm um, listen, I understand that there's several books that aren't about money that, you know, um, I, I hold in high regard in terms of learning about money. Right. One of, my, yeah, I almost, one of my favorite books of all time about money, which is really not about money, is like the coldest winter ever. And I could actually do a whole show explaining how that has to do with money. But, you know, I'll say that for another time. I feel that but, way about The Alchemist. Oh, OK. That's another one. That's another one. That book's way about that book. Yeah. yeah. All right. So anyway, um, man, so cool. You got anything before we get out of here, man? This has been an amazing. Yeah, comment. you know, I, I, I mean, I'm in my know, head now. I'm thinking I, about this whole. I'm, uh, I'm reading books about stoicism and y'all reading all kinds. Of, see, my <laughs> thing is because, I, you know, for me, right, it's I, I have a hard time reining it. My, 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 my face will show my emotions, even if my demeanor won't. And so I have to I have to figure out ways to rein in that energy. And so. <laughs> If you, if you, if people who know me know that what that means, right? Because I, I really be at people face and at people neck. No, I mean that, that, um, a lot of people struggle with that. Like you can't hide your emotion. Your face tells it all. It it, t- it tells everything. Even though, even if my body and my and my mind is like leave it alone, my face was like no, let's go, let's go really, let's really go at that. But um, so I, I you know, hearing about these books, I've read some of those books, but like I don't take this. Like maybe it's because of the way my life is crazy i don't i didn't take the same things away from those books well, no, that's the great thing about reading though right we can re- all read the same book and take something different from it that's the power to me of reading right that's why i like to get people's perspective on books because sometimes someone will read the same book as you and tell you what they thought about it and you say wow i never i never thought about that you know so yeah 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 so i was like damn i read that i ain't, I ain't come nothing in that book said no, listen, almost <laughs> whatever really is not a money book, right? It's, 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 I was like, it's, it's, I know I read no, that. But, I read but, that. Here, but here's the thing, though, right? I'm going to tell you why. That's a powerful book, and this has nothing to do with this whole conversation. But it made me want to read more, right? Okay. So so coming up in school, when you get, you know, Shakespearean things that have no cultural relevance to me, I didn't really care. The only book I liked as a kid probably was Animal Farm. I loved Animal Farm. Outside of that, half of the books that were given to me in school, I didn't care for them. When I read that, it opened my mind up like, hold up. I can actually, now that I'm not being forced to read, I can go find things that interest me. And I can mm-hmm. find people that talk like me that are teaching about things that interest me. So that's why I say that was a, a shift for me. Anyway, with that being said, though, Rachel, listen, thank you so much for um, sharing your story. It's, it's very inspiring. And now you got me wanting to think about uh, this poverty PTSD now, because um, you say it now, I see it in like a lot of people now. So... <laughs> Yeah, we come back. We come back and we talk about it because I've definitely done some digging on on that uh, for, for a while now. So yeah, we come back. We yeah, talk absolutely. It. And then for we sure. we definitely going to uh, holler at you about that speaking to the speaking to the babies, man. Because that's very important. And first of all, another thing I want to say is congratulations on everything you got going on. You know, the best selling book, getting out of debt, saving it, all that stuff is is amazing. Amazing story. You're living a movie right now. So congratulations. It's definitely like I wanted to be an example um, for for the young people of like what's possible. Um, I just 
one of the main things that I hear when I travel and talk to kids is that they don't want money because bad people, money, people with money who are bad people. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. A bad reason for a kid to say like, I don't want money because all the people with money there are bad. And so it have, I've been on a mission to not only be a good person with good money, but to help a lot of good people get some good money. So uh, I, I appreciate your support on this journey. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you so much. And um, we're going to share everything that you got going on within the description box or the show notes. We'll put, you know, uh, links to her social media, um, you know, as well as their books and everything like that. So make sure you guys check out everything that Rachel does, everything she has going on, you know, and reach out to her. Uh, maybe she can come talk to your kids, you know, get, or get in, get in your university. Right. So, you know, um, but congratulations, man. Um, Corey, you got the last words, bro? Nah, she she's wonderful. I I love the, her approach toward everything. So and I told her that. So I I you know glad to have the opportunity to say that. Absolutely, man. So listen to our audience out there. As we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates, and we shall see you guys in our next episode. Peace. Yeah.